Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome once again to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on the program, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most. And then we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations. And we hope and we pray that in joining us, you'll gain insight and wisdom, and maybe if you need it, a little bit of courage to have these conversations with your own Catholic teenagers. Today we want to reflect on, well, we have really three awesome Catholic teenagers with us, so let me go ahead and introduce our guests. They are all parishioners at Church of the Resurrection. We have Grace. Hello, Grace. Hi. And Alyssa. Welcome, Alyssa. Hey. And hello, Nate. Thanks for being with us. Hello, guys. Nate, does your mom call you Nate or Nathan? Nathan most of the time. Okay, then we're calling you Nathan. Okay, because we want to call you what your mom named you. Oh, my mom. Okay. <laughs> I have a cross-country nickname, but that's not my mom, so. Uh, is it appropriate for radio? Nayway. It's not bad. Oh, Nayway. That's yeah. right. We knew that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, in 2011... Uh, it was the 26th World Youth Day, and Pope Benedict had a message for the youth who were present. And it was entitled, Planted and Built Up in Jesus Christ, Firm in the Faith. So, Planted and Built Up in Jesus Christ, Firm in the Faith. And um, there's so much in this message that I want to talk about. It's just so awesome and written specifically for you guys. Well, you were a little younger at the time, but specifically for people your age. Um, so let's just, let's talk about the concept of being planted in the faith, right? Planted in Jesus Christ. How did you guys get planted in Jesus Christ? What were the experiences and who were the influences that initially gave you your roots in Jesus Christ? I think, I mean, obviously your parents, they were the ones who first baptized you they were the ones who dragged you to church every week when you were younger, and you're like, I just want to play. But, you know, <laughs> I'm certainly glad they did. <laughs> okay. So your parents, for you, Grace, same for Alyssa and Nathan, or? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Raised in a Catholic family. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of been. Luckily. In, yeah, definitely. So it's always been part of your family's identity. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, just for fun, what are your earliest memories related to your faith? Like, do you have an earliest memory of church? Or an early memory? Um, I do. Okay, so my grandparents live in this small little town, and they have this super old church. And in front, to get to the church, you have to climb up, like, I swear it's like 300 steps. <laughs> what is probably like 70. Yeah. And I just remember being like... <laughs> probably not even that, really. <laughs> probably. But it's like, they're so steep. And so I just remember, like, standing at the bottom and, like, trying so hard to climb all of these steps by myself at like three. nobody picked you up and carried you up 300 steps i'm sure that- your parents must be so mean <laughs> <laughs> like by the time like halfway through when i couldn't walk up them anymore they would, or but- when they were realizing they were going to be late to mass because- <laughs> that's, that's real. i'm kind of slow so. okay that's a good one what about you grace or nathan any early memories of church my first memory was our first Christmas in the new church at Resurrection. Uh-huh. There was no power and no heat. And I just remember sitting in the pew right next to the choir section. And I was just wrapped up in all of these. There was kids. an ice storm. Oh, that yeah. Year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yeah, I have one. Um, 
when I was younger, my mom used to read like a book to me before I went to bed every night. And so there was one time we got this um, like little kids Bible. So it, uh, it had a bunch of pictures and it was just like illustrated um, stories from the Bible. And so we'd read that for like a long time. Like we like started repeating it yes. over and over yeah. again. Yep. One of my earliest memories, I maybe have told this before, but when I was being bad at mass and every Sunday after mass, if we were good, we got to go up to the candy store and get some treats. Well, I was being mad, so I was ruining it for all of my siblings. And my mom said, Katie, you tell me one word you heard at Mass today. And I said, Jesus? <laughs> and she couldn't deny that that was a word we heard at Mass. So I think I got points for being clever um, at that particular time. So <laughs> also, I have a memory of my brother squeezing my hand really hard at the mm-hmm. sign of peace. Did you guys ever do that with your siblings? My yes. Is that a universal that. thing? Mm-hmm. It's a universal church, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we still do that. Mm-hmm. You still do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Me and my brother, yep. <laughs> okay. Um, so along the way, you've been... So remember, the title of this message of Pope Benedict to the youth was Planted and Built Up in Jesus Christ, Firm in the Faith. So along the way, you've been built up in Jesus... Right, clearly you've been built up because... You got baptized and you're still around. So the seeds were planted and then those seeds have been tended along the way, right? So by whom or by what? Other than your parents, obviously by your parents. But have there been people or situations that have helped build you up in Jesus Christ? I would probably say like all the priests all throughout my life. I know, um, especially now I go to St. Paul's like daily mass sometimes and just when I'm thinking about God or anything like that, like how they talk in their homilies like comes back into my head. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Like same phrases, same everything. That's awesome. I hope there are priests listening because I'm sure sometimes they wonder, is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. They're good. That's great. Yeah. I know for me, um, when I'm struggling, uh, it's it's definitely helped me grow in my faith through like difficult times that I've had through my younger years. <laughs> What has helped you? Uh, like uh, going to church, just believing in God and hoping that, um, well, knowing, not just hoping, that there's this amazing person who loves you so much that you can't even, like, understand. Okay. What about you, you Grace? What has built you up in your faith? I think it's the people that have been around me at church. You know, you see someone that's, like, like really into the Mass and really into you know, everything that's going on. And that like inspires you to be more, Mm -hmm. you know, more committed, more faithful. And those people are always so joyful, aren't they? Right. Yes. Like I want that, whatever that is. I want that. Yeah. Joy is so contagious. What does it mean to be firm in the faith? Right. So that's the, the third part of Pope Benedict's message planted and built up in Jesus Christ, firm in the faith. Um, so what does that mean to be firm in the faith? Unless I think you were sort of talking about it, just about how no matter what, like no matter what I'm going through, like knowing, I mean that's one aspect. Mm-hmm. Like having no doubt. Okay. Um, I think that definitely has something to do with uh, being firm, because a lot of our faith is well, it's faith. It's not. There are some concrete parts of it, but there are a lot of it you just have to be with. Yeah, that might be an obscure idea, but I believe that it's real. Right. And I believe that it's true. <clears throat> and I feel that those uh, faithful decisions are 
what helps us uh, stay planted um, in our faith. Anybody add to that, what it means to be firm in the faith? Yeah, I could say something. Um, For me, like part of my deeper conversion, it kind of went from like going to church on Sundays for like an hour. And so that's just a part of your life. And then it goes into like being your life because Jesus died for you and gave you his life. So it's just a reciprocation of that and you giving yours back to him. So moving Christ from like a a part of your life to yeah, like the center of, of your life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. In in how everything else comes together. Yeah. Or puts everything else in perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot better. It's a lot happier. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Okay, I want to read a, a quote from this um, message. Again, we're reflecting on Pope Benedict's message for World Youth Day in 2011. It's the 26th World Youth Day, and it, the theme is planted and built up in Jesus Christ, firm in the faith. That was the theme of World Youth Day. Okay, so remember, Pope Benedict is one of the smartest human beings that has ever lived. So you have to listen <laughs> closely to this language. Um, <clears throat> part of being young is desiring something beyond everyday life and a secure job. Okay, so that's just part of being young. You desire something more than like kind of what culture tells us we desire. A yearning for something really, truly greater. Okay, so he asks the question, is this simply an empty dream that fades away as we become older? And then he answers his own question, no. (laughs) Men and women were created for something great, for infinity. Nothing else will ever be enough. All right, so just in case you're like I am, you'd kind of tune out when people start reading stuff. Let me paraphrase. (laughs) So we yearn for something greater. We yearn for something more than a a secure job and the the stuff that culture tells us we're yearning for. Because what we're yearning for, we're made for infinity. We're made to be together forever with God. Um, And nothing else, nothing else will ever be enough, right? So when, first of all, do you know this? Like, have you realized this in your own life that you were created for God? And if so, when did you first realize that or recognize that? I definitely feel that way. Um, I have been created. I have been brought up. I am a creation of God. And I wish I could say that for me, it started when I was younger. But more so over um, the past couple of years, uh, my sophomore, junior year, I've really started to fully understand um, and appreciate everything that throughout my life I've been told that I've thought and had faith in, but now it's like my own opinions. It's my own ideas. um, And that I can say that I confidently believe in what I say. It's not just something that people tell me that I should say. Have there, Alyssa, have there been things in your life that have gotten in the way of you believing that, believing that you were created for God, by God? Like, I guess this question is for all of you. Are there things that prevent us from knowing that and believing that? There are definitely times when, you know, you kind of question. Not, I mean, that and like, you know, is God really looking out for me? You know, if a family member is sick and not doing well or, you know, something isn't going your way in your life, you question, you know, is this really the answer? But I mean, at that point, it's just God testing your faith and being like, you know, I mean, obviously it is, but... Sometimes in that exact moment, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it. Okay. What about you, Grace or Nathan? 
is there a moment or a time or a, that you realized or believed or recognized that you were created for God? Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, kind of just goes along with my conversion story. But like back, I don't more like elementary school parts of middle school. It seems kind of like a funny example, but like when I was younger, like the greatest joys in my life were um, sleepovers with my cousins and Nerf Wars and like family ski trips. And that was like the best it got. And um, well, like I thought that that really couldn't happen or be real because like the rest of the year when we're not in a sleepover, not in a big family ski trip, it just like wasn't really happy. Like so life was boring. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And it didn't feel like it should be that way. So it kind of just led me to look for something greater, which is obviously God, and that's where I'm at now. Wow, you're you're so blessed that you figured that out so young. <laughs> a lot of people have to go through a lot of heartache and pain to realize, wait a minute, what I'm looking for is God. Sounds mm-hmm. like you just had to go through some cousin sleepovers and nerf wars. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> um, okay, here's another quote from uh, Pope Benedict. And if you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM eight twenty. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. And we're here today with Grace and Alyssa and Nathan. We're talking about what it means to be planted and built up in Jesus Christ and what it means to be firm in our faith. We're sort of reflecting on Pope Benedict's message um, for World Youth Day 2011. So Pope Benedict says, see how absurd it is to think that we can truly live by removing God from the picture. God is the source of life. To set God aside is to separate ourselves from that source and inevitably to deprive ourselves of fulfillment and joy. So in short, like we have no fulfillment, we have no joy if we remove God from the equation because he's the source of our fulfillment and the source of our joy. So let's look at what happens when we remove God from our lives, right? Well, first of all, what are some reasons people remove God from their lives? Disasters or negative things that happen. Uh, people just say there's no merciful God who can let this these things happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Why would I put my faith in a God who would allow this to happen? Yeah. So some people do make that conscious decision like I'm separating myself from God. Some people have just never been exposed, you know, just, I don't know, their childhood. Maybe their parents didn't believe. And, you know, I said earlier that my parents were a big foundation for me and Catholicism and you know if I didn't have that would I would I be here today right probably well, not okay I think we could also get um lazy too so like I don't following God's not always the easiest thing but if you come up against a hard spot and there's like kind of a second way out and you can kind of justify it people will start to justify sure. it yeah and once you keep making choices like that I mean you're just on a downhill path yes I would agree with that I would agree with all of those I also think sometimes our sin keeps us or causes us to remove God from our lives. You know, like we don't want to face what we're in the midst of, or we don't want to change what we're in the midst of. So we just, if we don't have that moral compass, maybe we think it's going to be easier, which it isn't. But, um, but if we were made for God, what happens when we remove him? <laughs> A piece of you is missing. <laughs> the, the core of you is missing probably, huh? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Have you ever known anybody who has, Who's just living without God? Is it... I mean, I don't personally, or I can't think of anyone at the moment, but I'm an analogy person, so this is what popped into mind. Um, it's like 
a famous painter uh, with a painting, but then you just have the painting without the painter. And if you have the painting without the painter, the painting is worthless without the backing of this famous painter. Oh, okay. Like if you can't attribute it to someone amazing, it's just like... Not. It's just a painting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that's what I was thinking. You can have this famous uh, Van Gogh painting that's worth like a billion dollars. But then if you just say, here's a painting, who's it by? I don't know. Well, it's just then a it's painting. not worth anything. Interesting. Yeah. If we're going with analogies, there was one a couple weeks ago that I saw in a video and it was kind of just like talking about our society in general. And it was a video of a laptop battery going down. And so like it started at 100% and then like things kept happening and like there was like people crying in the video and then it kept like flashing back to the laptop. Oh, falling plates. Yeah, that's a good if you want to Google it, listeners, it's called falling plates. You can see it on uh, YouTube. Makes me cry. Yeah. And it's an awesome analogy of how we just descend spiral, spiral, spiral into sin and. And then God just, and then then they show it in reverse, right? They show mm-hmm. the video in reverse. Yeah, and it's God putting us back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have you ever, I, I've heard the expression, when we remove God, we're forgetting who we are. You're kind of like denying yourself. Like if you're a human and, I mean, your human nature aligns with knowing God. So if you don't know God, you're denying your nature. So you're kind of just lying to yourself about who you really are. Yeah, and you know what? You're you're selling yourself short too, aren't you? Yeah. Like if you're not going to attribute your awesomeness to your creator <laughs> and recognize you're created in the image and likeness of God, then you're you're like the paint the painting that is can't be attributed to the awesome painter. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pope Benedict encourages us to strengthen our faith in God. And to plant firm roots and to build a solid foundation. I mean, this isn't new news, right? This isn't groundbreaking. We know as Catholics, this is what we have to do. But he says, there's a growing mentality of relativism, which holds that everything is equally valid, that truth and absolute points of reference do not exist. But this way of thinking does not lead to true freedom, but rather to instability, confusion, and blind conformity to the fads of the moment. So Pope Benedict was huge on the moral relativism thing. He called it the greatest evil of our, you know, I, I don't remember his exact wording, but he he ta- um, taught about it a lot. And he's saying that, um, so moral relativism is, is when we say, well, everything's fine, whatever's good for you is good for you. It mightn't be good for you, but it's not good for me, you know, and... He's saying that this doesn't lead to true freedom. This leads to instability. This leads to confusion. This leads to blind conformity. This leads to just fads of the moment. So in your culture, among teenagers, among people your age, what do you see as those fads of the moment? Those like morally relative things that people justify doing? Um, The one thing I've heard of, like this is really my only interaction with um, like more relativism. But there was a girl I knew, and um, she wasn't Catholic, um, but I, obviously I am. And she kind of justified, like, um, having sex outside of marriage um, against me. And she told me that obviously it wouldn't be okay for me because I thought it was wrong, but it wouldn't be as bad for her because she didn't find anything wrong with it. That is the best illustration of moral relativism I've ever yeah. heard. <laughs> like, 
is it wrong or is it right? Like you can answer that question. It's okay to have a firm stance on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't change based on who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are so that's a, that's a great one too. Pre, extramarital sex or premarital sex. Those are both like I even have heard people go so far as to say to justify extramarital affairs by saying, well, they weren't happy or, or, you know, so their spouse was a terrible spouse or their, you know, that's that's moral relativism, too. Like we can justify anything. We can find reasons for any bad behavior if we want to. What are some other things you guys have experienced that people people justify as okay behavior because of circumstances or because of what they believe or what they've been taught or um okay so a big one right now is abortion Mm -hmm. and um so people they think that it's not a bad thing uh when we as catholics view it as this horrible act um people justify it as uh it's the mother's choice it's um her body, her, uh, her voice, her decision. It's not, um, things that we can say are wrong for her. Even when you are killing a child, we've justified this so far as that people turn a blind eye sometimes. Yeah, that's a huge one. It does make me really sad that, you know, an unborn baby that, mind you, still has a heartbeat and still has a brain as, you know, almost classified as not human or second class just because it hasn't been born yet. But, you know, there's no punishment for killing that baby. But as soon as they're born, there is a punishment. And, you know, a baby's born in a fraction of a second. So what changes in that fraction of a second? <laughs> this, is the, that? <laughs> this is the discussion that's been going on forever. And you're right, Grace. You're absolutely right. We We talk about abortion and we're like, I do not understand your point <laughs> you know when people who are pro-abortion or pro- even pro-choice like i do not understand what you're saying <laughs> it doesn't make any sense how can that even be a morally relative thing it's just not even a thing you know <laughs> but that that's a that's an excellent example of how our culture has gotten so confused and and has justified just any you know pope Saint Pope John Paul II said we are a culture obsessed with efficiency. Like if it makes our lives easier, if it's faster, if it's more convenient, if it's we will justify it, we will figure out a way to make it happen. Um, I just want to spend the last couple of minutes reflecting on this. So Pope Benedict goes on to reflect on the cross and he, and he points out that the cross frightens us because we allow the cross to represent like death, a, a denial of life rather than allowing the cross to represent a source of eternal life, you know, and and we've even gone so far to, in the name of political correctness, to view the cross in a negative way. Like you, if you're wearing a cross, you're being intolerant, or if you, you certainly wouldn't hang a crucifix in a classroom if it's not a Catholic school or certain, you know, like the cross has become a, a, an offensive symbol or a threatening symbol in some way. And, uh, I just kind of want to leave on this thought. Pope Benedict encourages us to embrace the cross as a sign of God's love and as the source of new life, he says. So how easy is that for teenagers to do, to embrace the cross? (laughs) Or what does that mean for you guys? Embrace the cross. 
I think for me, it kind of like there's a big mentality about taking the easy way out. And um, it's almost not looking for the easy way out. It's looking for the hard way out because that's how Jesus went out. Mm-hmm. Like the hardest way possible. Yeah. So, Nathan, are you talking about like when when tough things come your way or when it's difficult to live your faith or when it's difficult to be firm in the faith? You just keep going. Just yeah. do it. Just mm-hmm. go. Push. <laughs> <laughs> just keep pushing. Yeah. God's with you always, so you should be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. His beautiful, simple advice to us, Pope Benedict's beautiful and simple advice is to, it's like a, a multi-step program, right? Meet Christ in the Eucharist, go to confession, serve those in need, study scripture, and pray. Foolproof, right? <laughs> Meet Christ in the Eucharist. <laughs> He's got it. Go to confession. Yeah, and I'm, I'm saying this for our listeners, too, because this applies to Catholics of all ages. Meet Christ in the Eucharist. Go to confession. Serve those in need. Study scripture and pray. For 2,000 years, that has not changed. <laughs> and our church is still standing, right? So, um, and then, of course, Pope Benedict concludes with a challenge. And that challenge is for us to share our faith with others. You guys are doing today so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You're ahead of the curve. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I just wanted to thank you all for being here. I wanted to thank your parents for planting you in the faith and for helping to grow those seeds of faith. I wanted to thank our parents who are listening for um, embracing the cross. Sometimes parenting is a cross because our kids hurt and our kids do hurtful things, and we just keep moving forward and we recognize Christ in our children and try to return them to him someday. That's our job as parents. So let's just do a quick prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for the wisdom of our popes. We give you thanks, Lord, for um, the firmness of our faith. We give you thanks for the seeds that have been planted and the seeds you call us to plant in others. Help us to all help each other grow those seeds and be rooted more firmly in our faith. In your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then he